Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. We are in the fourth chapter of the book of Genesis and the first verse. Let me read this for us as we begin. Genesis 4.1 says, Now the man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I have gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Within this verse, we find two truths of immediate application to us. The first is that sexual intercourse always be only in the context of marriage between one man and one woman, as it was with Adam and Eve. Last Friday and yesterday, I showed you where I got this from in the text. Now, the man had relations with his wife, Eve, and we talked about some of the implications of this. If you missed that, just go to the website, godisministry.org, and get caught up on the God Is podcast. And I am aware of the objection. Of course, Adam only limited himself to sex with his wife. There were no other women around. Yeah, true. At this time, there was only Adam and Eve, the first two people whom God created. But if the thought is, should Adam have been a man with other options, then bedding down with some other woman would have been acceptable, I'd like to ask you two questions. First, notice that Moses, who wrote Genesis, emphasizes not just that Adam had relations with Eve, but Moses specifically says, with his wife, Eve. Why couldn't Moses just have written, the man had relations with Eve? There were no other women around. But he did not write that. Instead, he said, the man had relations with his wife, Eve. I believe Moses is answering the objection that had he had multiple women to choose from, in addition to his wife, Adam would have broken the bonds of marriage as so many men do today. Women also, by the way, adultery is not for men only. And what do you think about this? I remind you that two more times in Genesis, this same phrase is used. And both times, once with Cain and once again with Adam, they were by then plenty of other women for Cain and Adam to have had sexual relations with. Genesis 4.17 reads, Cain had relations with his wife and she conceived. And Genesis 4.25 reads, Adam had relations with his wife again and she gave birth to a son. In all three instances, Moses says, had relations with his wife, in order, I believe, to prove to us that sex is for marriage, period. That is God's will, and if you go against that, then you are up against the will of Almighty God. If we take the Bible seriously, then we cannot honestly come away with any other impression. Sex is reserved for the bonds of marriage. Marriage is sacred. God instituted marriage. 
Sex was God's idea, and he gave it for husband and wife to enjoy. I think Moses shows us this with his carefully worded text, Now the man had relations with his wife, Eve. Well, someone else might say, Pastor Mark, I hear you. I even agree with your interpretation of what the Bible says, but what am I going to do? I have been unfaithful to my spouse, or my history is not good in this regard. I have had sex multiple times with multiple partners. I feel guilty. I want to change this, but I realize I cannot change my past. It kind of haunts me. What do I do? Well, I hear you, and I am glad you have this question and this concern. And here is what you do. You get before God, and you quietly and sincerely tell Him you are sorry about what you have done. You ask Him to forgive you. Does God forgive sexual relations that take place outside the context of marriage between one man and one woman? Yes, He does. Thank God, God is a very forgiving God. Remarkably, in Psalm 86, the Bible says, For you, O Lord, are good and ready to forgive and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. That's Psalm 86, verse 5. Did you get that? God is ready to forgive. He is abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon him. And all, well, that includes you. Call upon Jesus today and seek his forgiveness for your sins. Then receive from him his mercy. Surely he will say to you, go and sin no more. But he will send you forward in full assurance of his forgiveness if you will sincerely seek him and ask him today. I do not have my head in the cement sort of stuck down there with my Bible, delusional as to think no one within the sound of my voice has had sex before marriage and or outside of marriage. I live in the real world right alongside all of you, or as we say in Boston, right alongside the rest of you. So, I get it. The world in which we live is definitely one in which chastity before marriage and monogamy during marriage is, sadly, rare. But there is recourse on this for the penitent and repentant person who has a heart to please God. Seek the Lord and ask His forgiveness. He will not withhold this from you. Now let's turn our attention to the second truth of immediate application for us found within this first verse, and that is this. Human life begins at conception. The very instant a baby is conceived in the mother's womb, that baby is a person that lives. Notice the Bible here at Genesis 4, 1 says, Now the man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. So that, according to the blessing of God, Adam and Eve enjoyed sex within the sacred bonds of marriage, and as a result, Eve became pregnant. 
The Hebrew word used here for conceived means to conceive, to become pregnant. And inherent in or built into this word is the conviction that Eve's child is alive at the very point of conception. In this case, we are talking about Cain. Eve conceived and gave birth to Cain. So right here at the beginning of the Bible, we are greeted with this everlasting truth. Human life begins with conception. Most likely Thursday, I want to talk a little about how this truth is received by the culture in which we live. But before then, I want to lay out succinctly, we could spend serious time on this, but just lay out succinctly what God says about the dignity of human life in the womb. I have in front of me 20 verses that come out of a list of many, many more verses I want to share with you, and yet time does not permit me to give you even all of these 20. So here are some of the ones that I believe speak most directly to the fact that life begins at conception, and that life must be protected from harm, and certainly death, that we know as abortion. So let me lay it out this way. The creator of every human life is God. It is not the father. It is not the mother. And notice, by the way, that despite what the proponents of the sexual revolution say and want, to make a baby will always and forever require a man and a woman. No one can argue against God's design on that. Who can prove to us that sex between two men or sex between two women ever resulted in pregnancy? God is the creator. Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16, you here speaks of God. This is the psalmist in Psalm 139, verses 13 through 16. For you formed my inward parts. You wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Your eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in your book were all written the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. God is the creator. Listen to God speaking of Jeremiah in Jeremiah 1 verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I have appointed you a prophet to the nations. That was Jeremiah 1, verse 5. First, the creator of every human life is God. Therefore, second, we must all value every life. Because God is the creator of every human life, we then must value every human life. Listen to the psalmist again, this time in Psalm 100, verse 3. This is Psalm chapter 100, verse 3. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. 
We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We'll come back to this tomorrow, but you can see where this is going. Human life begins at conception because God is the creator and he values every life that he has made. Join me tomorrow for God Is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.